This episode of Whatever is sponsored by you. You can help support the show by being a Patreon member. Go to www.patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. And for just five bucks a month, you get early access to episodes. Only five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. Because this is my United States of whatever. And this is my United States of whatever. And this is my United States of whatever. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Whatever with Jason Soto, the comedy podcast based on a novel by Stephen King. Uh, I am your host, Jason Soto. And, uh, unfortunately, some sad news. Uh, my co-host, Mary Mitchell, uh, is feeling under the weather today. Uh, she sent me a message earlier saying she was un- unable to make it. Uh, so we wish her the best and speedy recovery. And she should be back with us next week. Uh, but until then, we do have a guest. Uh, she is a brand new friend. I just met her a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she is a contributor to the website, The Critical Critics, which you can find at thecriticalcritics.com. Uh, it is Lisa Leahy. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Jason. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you on this awesome fall afternoon? I am very excited to be here. I love talking just sort of about random things, so I think this is going to be a pretty interesting episode. I hope I do it justice. Uh, yeah, I, I think people tend to get nervous when I tell them, you know, hey, there's no topics planned. We just we just go off the cuff, and then people are like, oh, oh shit, like what do I do? And then we get into it, and then it's just like comes natural. Like everybody feels the same way about it, uh, but then it ends up being okay. So uh, I think it's gonna be fine. I'm all over it. My students know that I am very, very good at the tangential conversation. So I expect that I will probably just go off in my own little left field and hopefully you're in the same ballpark I am. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So this is the uh, next episode in our hashtag spooky season uh, error of the show. And... um, uh, today we're going to be covering the movie Sleepaway Camp. We're going to get to that at the end. Uh, but we are going to talk about some horror and horror-adjacent stuff here. Uh, I'm thrilled. But uh, before we get to that, Lisa, just to anyone who may not know who you are, you want to talk a little bit about yourself, who you are, the website you contribute to, you know, any outstanding warrants you may have, anything like that? <laughs> Well, it depends on which spam phone call I get during the day, which particular warrant and which particular <laughs> state I'm wanted in. Um, but lately they haven't been leaving me voicemail, so I think mm. I'm just probably screwed in every state. Mm. Um, I am a high school English teacher. I teach on the East Coast. I am in the middle of my 21st year, which EGAD. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. it's it's crazy like they say time goes by faster the older you get and they're not kidding Mm. um so i i've always been a reader and a movie geek and basically i found a job that allows me to do that and get paid for it my poor students are usually willing to come along on the ride and if not i drag them anyway um (laughs) it's just it's one of those things you know it if you have a teacher who's passionate about the subject, regardless of what it is, sometimes you get swept up in it. Hopefully you get swept up in it. And, 
you know, it, it's it, speaking of tangential conversations, my students know that the fastest way to get me off topic is to be like, hey, did you see X movie this weekend? Well, the problem is right now, nobody's in theaters and I can't get to see my movies. Mm. So it's 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 making it harder for them to get me off topic. And I think they're very sad about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I hear that. But, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much you want me to ramble about this. I, I, <laughs> I'm a horror fiend. I'm yes. not great with comedies um, when it comes to movies, and I can't explain it. I, I'm a like, very logically brained person, and you I mean, can't explain... Wait, you mean you don't like comedies at all? No, that's not my case at all. Really? Nope, that's not my point. No, you oh, misunderstand. Oh, okay. It's not that I don't like comedies, <laughs> okay. however... <laughs> I am a very logical person. I have two degrees in English, which uh, I mm. like to say I have two degrees in bullshit. <laughs> I can explain everything. Okay. Everything okay. I can explain. I cannot explain why comedies are very strange for me. I do love comedies. My favorite movie of all time is Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but there's certain comedies that hit for me and certain ones that don't. And I can't always explain the logic behind it. So to give you an example, mm -hmm. I love Mel Brooks. I think Mel Brooks movies are hilarious. Awesome. I think Monty Python is hilarious. Okay. I can't stand contemporary slapstick, though. Mm. I I don't think that, and I, I hopefully you don't lose listeners for this. I can imagine people punching the radio off when I say <laughs> things like this. But I don't care for early Adam Sandler. I don't care Ooh. for early Jim Carrey. Oh. I don't think Will Ferrell is funny at all. Wow. Okay. But at the same time, I love the silliness and slapstick that you'll get in Mel Brooks and Monty Python. So there's no logic behind it. Yeah, that's that's a little that's a little strange. I'm gonna have to admit that that's a little strange. And I'm always upfront about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, so, I mean, that's that's fine. You know, you know, no judgment here. This is a judgment-free zone. Well, that's nice to know. I mean, um, you're welcome to judge me. I'm not gonna change my mind. But <laughs> Uh, I mean, so like, you know, in terms of Adam Sandler, like, I only do like the 90s Adam Sandler. I have not liked anything since, like, Click, oh, no, Click maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that might be like the last one I kind of enjoyed. Um, but I can't get into his newer stuff, but I like, I, Billy Madison's like my jam. I can, I can quote Billy Madison, like, like I can recite it right now, the entire movie right now. If, if if we had the time, I would totally do that right now. I love Billy Madison; it's one of my favorites. Um, but I can see you liking Ghostbusters because because of the horror slant, I imagine. Well, it's funny because the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man scared the hell out of me when I was ten. Okay, I can see that. I was a scaredy cat when I was a kid. If my mother <laughs> was watching a movie in the other room and it had even remotely creepy music. I'd have nightmares for a week. Wow! Really. Um, Oh, I mean, I can't. And again, another thing I can't explain. I, I, I don't know where this horror thing in me came from because and I can't even pin down when I sort of became the horror fiend because somewhere in my teenage years, something turned on or something clicked. I don't know, because there was a point when I was a scaredy cat and it, I can pin down even as far back as. Oh God! When did uh, Jason Takes Manhattan come out? Because I remember that would have been eighty eighty nine. I keep on going between eighty nine and ninety one. Yeah, so we're somewhere in that. So those are like right around my middle school years, 
And so I think it had to be high school. It had to be after that because I was, I used to listen to music. I'd have the radio on to go to sleep. And when the Jason takes Manhattan commercials would come on, it would freak me out. So I, that's how I stopped listening to music to go to sleep because the commercials on the radio freaked me out. Okay. I just, it's like just I the radio ads, feel. just the whole the whole Jason takes Manhattan. Just hearing it, just hearing <laughs> the screaming. Any, I mean, I I was a chicken shit and a half. I just I can't explain it. And now there's not much that'll get to me unless you start going for my uh, my thing. Everybody's got a thing. If uh-huh. you start getting toward mine, then I'll start getting squirmy. But um, <laughs> okay. For the most part, you know, I can, I'll go to sleep. I'll watch, I'm one of those crazy people. I'll watch true crime documentaries and horror movies before yes. I go to sleep and I'll sleep like a log. Yeah, same. I, 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 I don't really have nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not that I recall. I, you know, I don't ever, I have weird dreams and I have kind of quasi bad dreams where like fucked up shit like happens. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't ever hear, you know, having like, you know, super terrifying nightmares where I'm like, you know, where I wake up screaming or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 huh? I've never had those like my entire life. And, you know, I, I literally can watch like, like Blair Witch Project or Paranormal Activity or something that'll freak me out and then go to bed and I'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Um, In fact, it, it's so like the, the, People always talk about like the one thing in a horror movie that always got to you or scared you the most. And uh-huh. while I don't really have one of those, the face of Pazuzu in oh, The Exorcist. Yes, yes. That white I can, face yes. that shows up when the lights flicker in the kitchen and it just kind of shows up over the oven when Chris McNeil is kind of like listening. Uh-huh. Uh, when we when that movie was re-released in theaters and I went with friends to see it, with friends who had never seen it. Mm. And I'm surprised I don't still have the scars on my right arm from where she gripped <laughs> onto me. Oh, she was like, this poor girl was terrified. And I'm thinking, ah, it's just the exorcist. And so again, like this is like late high school. So I don't know where the switch turned, but mm. watching this movie. And then this is when they had re-edited in the face of Kazoo. Oh yeah. The, the, the new version. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went home that night and I went to bed and every time I closed my eyes I saw that face and I really? was like, "You've got to be kidding me! This, this is what's going to keep me up." <laughs> I've told this story on this podcast, but you haven't heard it. Um, I'm my- sorry, I have not heard it. I have not gotten through the entire Jason Soto catalog yet. Uh, well, yeah, it's 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 roughly seventy some hours, so I kind of don't blame you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I can even tolerate listen to myself for seventy hours. So I can't <laughs> even imagine other people listening. But um, uh, my first time ever watching The Exorcist was when I was like, I was like in the sixth grade, and um, I remember like my mom renting it from the video store because she felt like watching it. And but she was like, I, you know, you, you can't watch this. It's too scary for you or whatever. And me being like, you know, this this hot shot, you know, eight, nine year old, how I remember how old I was like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I bet I can suck it, but I can watch it. So <laughs> when she went to work, um, she worked in the in the in the, you know, she, she was a waitress at a bar. So she worked nights a lot. And uh, so when she went to work at like five or six, I would I put it on. 
and it freaked me the fuck out. Like <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Like, wh- like, ah, <laughs> and that might've been like the closest I might've gotten to like being too scared to go to sleep like ever oh. in my life. Uh, because I just kept like, I, I think I watched like maybe half of it. I, I, I didn't finish it. I didn't get to the ending, which I yeah. felt like that would have terrified me even more. The, the oh, last, yeah. the last exorcist part, <laughs> um, exorcism part. But, um, you know, just the whole, and this was before the, uh, director's cut or whatever that was, was out. So this was the original old school version of the exorcist. This was just a, just the whole spitting up the pea soup and the turning the head and you know you know fuck me fuck me you know all that stuff like yeah yeah, you know that that freaked me out when i was in sixth grade and yeah but now i fucking love the exorcist like i've i've seen it a bunch of times since and it's like yeah good movie i've seen it 167 times and And getting funnier every single time time (laughs) (laughs) yes Sorry, you know how there are just some quotes just when they come up, you have to. You have to say, no, I completely <laughs> I, I completely understand. Trust me. Don't worry about that. Um I do want to uh promote uh, a couple things here, uh, because I want to talk about how me and you met. Um we met on an episode of the Lambcast. Yeah. And uh it was an episode I got to quasi host because uh, we did a movie called Host, we did, and uh, is I talked about I talked about that on the show before. Um, it's a kind of found footage type movie that's on Shutter. Uh, it was made for Shutter, and the whole like kind of uh, appeal to the movie was they filmed it during quarantine, like early this year. They filmed it like in April or May. Um, and uh, all the actors in the movie were in their own houses, and they had to do their own like special effects and stunts and all this stuff. And uh, the director had to direct over Zoom, and the entire movie takes place on on, on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And so, like all of that, when I heard about that, like really intrigued me. Um, and so we did an episode on that, so you can go check that out. Go look for the Lambcast. It's out on like Podomatic, and I. Th- think they got like i think it's on like anchor and uh google podcast at least you can go look for that it's uh it's the movie of the month for october 2020 uh host and i got to talk about it with lisa jay and a couple other people and it was a lot of fun to talk about and uh after we got off the call with you i was like damn this lisa chick's fucking awesome like we gotta we gotta have her on the show Thank you. So, yeah, it was it was a little last minute to have you on um, uh, today, but I was like, yeah, fuck it, we're doing Halloween stuff. You like horror shit? Let's do this. Hell yeah. So, um, I did want to ask you, um, uh, how do you like prepare for Halloween? Like, do you like go all crazy with the Halloween decorations? Um, like, yeah, I'll start with that. Do you go all out for like Halloween decorations? No, I laugh because I was just recently watching um, a documentary. Um, oh, God, what the heck is it called? It, it's one of those documentaries about people who um, – oh, it's called The American Scream. Mm. Um, people who decorate their house. And so this is about uh, a town in Massachusetts where you know one guy started doing the crazy stuff with his house and then hooked up with this other guy who does crazy <laughs> stuff with his house. And then it sort of spread throughout the neighborhood a little bit. Okay. Um, 
and I'm sitting there watching it and my husband comes in and my husband is not a horror fan at all. Hmm. And he will occasionally sit and watch things with me. P.S. He did watch Host and he enjoyed it very much. Oh, okay. Um, but he, you know, he usually just kind of pops in, says hello, and then leaves because he doesn't want to see what I'm watching. But he watched <laughs> this thing with me. And at one point I turned to him. I said, you are so lucky I am lazy. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, because this house would be absolutely like one of these crazy people with the the haunt and the maze in the backyard and people walking back and forth on the roof. I mean, mm. I live I live in my childhood home, um, oh. and it was pretty cool because my it's actually the house that my mother grew up in as well. Oh, okay. So oh, wow. my grandfather built the house in 1947. We're the only oh. family that's ever lived here. Oh. Um, and growing up down the street, uh, I'd say about three or four houses down was a house with a guy who was a state trooper and his two teenage sons. And they used to do it up. So they used to have their whole yard decorated. They used to have all this stuff. And the sons would basically like jump out at you and freak you out. And uh, mm. I talk about pacing back and forth on the roof because one of them used to do that. He'd have an ax on his shoulder and he would like threaten you from the roof. Um, and so I said to my husband, I said, you're really lucky that I'm lazy because <laughs> I think about setting all of this stuff up and it would be so great and it would be so cool. But I don't want to take any of it down. Uh, <laughs> like, just think about the <laughs> gradual buildup of everything and then you basically have the weekend after or the days after to take all of that crap down yeah and just the thought of it exhausts me <laughs> <laughs> so just, I, I just can't do it okay so you don't put anything up like not even like a plastic skeleton in the door or anything so I have a few things. I have a little free library in front of my house. And so I will kind of like take all of the books out and put all horror books in there. Mm. Um, when I first built it or first put that up, I went to a used bookstore and I just I spent way too much money. And I grabbed every last classic horror novel, mm. every last John Saul and Stephen King and Bentley Little and all these different things and Goosebumps and Vanicula and all of these things. Um, to be able to like populate this library. So I do that. I have some like solar lights that I'll wrap around that. And we have a ghost that we put there. Um, I have some spider webs that I'll put like in the window. Um, but to be fair this year, I've done none of it because 2020, um, (laughs) as lazy as I am on every other year, like this year is just like, ugh. So I've, I've, I've changed the books out. I've put out, I found these fun little uh, antennas, like little antenna headbands with skulls and black cats on them. I put those in the library for people. Mm. Um, part of the problem is because I'm, I'm like a cranky old man. I don't want people coming to my door all night. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, my husband loves it. He loves opening the door and giving out the candy. I just want to eat the candy and eat my horror, watch my horror movies in peace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was gonna be my next question was like uh like uh um how do you do you do anything like special for the trick or treaters, but you just kinda answered that <laughs> <laughs> Well it's funny because since we've been here, uh the very first year we were completely caught off guard. Even though my parents warned me that we get because we're in a nice like neighborhood area and there's lots of streets and it's really safe to walk around in the street. Okay. Uh because we're far enough off the main road. So I mean, people drive into our neighborhood for trick-or-treating because oh. of that sort of thing. Okay. Um, 
And so we, you know, we had all the candy and we were ready to go, but we, we ran out of candy that first year. Um, we had a teenager who actually stopped and said, Hey, look, I'm not going to eat any of this. Why don't you guys take my candy to give out to the kids? And it was like, Oh, all, all of like life and optimism of goodness in the world came back because a teenager gave up all of his candy. Yeah. That's Um, amazing. They cleaned out my little free library. We had to actually fill it twice more that one night. Oh. So it was pretty cool. So we last year we planned on um, on setting up like actual book tables and doing a whole thing. Um, but it rained. Oh. And so we couldn't put the books out. And I was actually fortunate enough um, in the state of Rhode Island, we have Rhode Island Comic Con. And oh, yeah. Island Comic Con last year was November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Ooh. And Robert Englund came, and I have been fortunate enough to interview him more than once for the con. Oh. And the uh, local movie theater did a special showing of Nightmare on Elm Street, and I got to interview him in front of the audience before the actual movie. Oh, that is so fucking awesome. Yeah, it was, pr- it was a pretty cool way to, to do Halloween. Like, my husband very kindly stayed and gave out candy, but I got to hang out with Robert Englund for the night, so. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, so, all right, now now I got to ask about this. So, how's Robert Englund? Is he cool? <laughs> he is the coolest. He's everybody's grandpa. Really? Uh, oh, my God. I just, I, he found out that I was an English teacher, and so I'd say last year was probably some of the best conversations I've had with him uh, because I think at this at that point, Last year was the third and fourth time I, I interviewed him. So I interviewed him on Halloween, and then his panel at the con was that Friday. So I did it again. Um, but what was really cool was, you know, me as an English teacher, he starts talking to me about all these books, and you know, have you read this? And do you know this author? And do you know that author? And we're chatting about all these things. And um, what ended up happening was he couldn't remember the name of an author, and I told him, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you just give me a call when you remember it. I'll give you my email address or something. Joking. He hands me his notebook. As I, I was just, uh, oh, oh, okay. So I took full advantage. I wrote my name. I wrote Rhode Island Comic Con. I wrote English teacher. I said, uh, <laughs> I gave him my phone number. I gave him my email address, like the whole thing. And so wow. a couple months go by and I'm sitting at school one Friday afternoon trying to get some grading done and I get an un- unlisted phone call. And because of these warrants in all of these states where they're trying to arrest me and let me know that I'm being hunted for by the cops, I don't answer these calls. <laughs> and so now I'm kicking myself because I get a voicemail. And I listen to the voicemail, and it begins, Hi, Lisa, this is Robert Englund. I'm not sure if you remember me, but we spoke at Comic-Con. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> losing my mind because number one Robert was just on my phone and I didn't pick it up (laughs) I've now rationalized this because if Robert Englund if I picked up the phone and spoke with Robert Englund that would be amazing because he wanted to tell me the names of the books I have a voicemail where he's telling me about this author that author check out this book check out that book wow answered I would not have the voicemail that I now have with Robert Englund saying I don't if you remember me, if yes. You remember me. <laughs> I love, I love that he said that. Like, yeah, in case you don't know who I am, this is Robert Englund. <laughs> and it's like I remember the very first time oh, because the guys who run Rhode Island Comic Con, um, a number of the people who work for him, um, are friends of mine. So 
a buddy of mine who was doing the panel programming said, hey, you know, we need somebody to interview some of these horror people. Are you into it? I'm like, yes. So he helped me. He got me uh, my first interview with Robert Englund for the panel. And um, forget it. I don't even know how I got a word out because I I've always said that if I was ever in the same room as somebody like Stephen King or Bill Murray, I would turn into a blathering idiot. I would not. <laughs> um, I, you know, I cut my teeth on interviewing like Kane Hodder and, mm. uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, like Sid Haig and like all of these guys for a panel at Terracon where they were just like a bunch of high school boys. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. I just kind of let them go when I had to rein them in. So then interviewing Robert Englund, like one-on-one -on -one and just being like, I have to speak to this man who is one of the icons of horror for me. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite franchise. Okay. And it's always, it's always been about Robert Englund. So like for this man to be standing in front of me, for me to interview him. Now he's calling me and saying, hey, you need to check out Jennifer Egan's, you know, from the Goon Squad. And, you know, mm. just all these things. Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Mind blowing. That's amazing. That is fucking awesome. I can't believe that happened. That is so cool. It, it's it's the best. My friend Man. Zach's favorite part is when he hangs up. Because when he goes to sign off, he says, bye-bye. And I'm like, oh, I love you so much. <sighs> That's now so I have cool. A reading list. The next time he comes to Rhode Island for a con, I have to make sure I've read these books. I think you. I think you got plenty of time. <laughs> I do. I, do. I, think I hope you got so. Time. I think you got plenty of time. Man, that is so cool. Wow. Thank you. Man, that, I'm I'm super jealous. Even though. Uh, yeah, I'm that. That's awesome. I I completely I completely respect Robert England. I I love. Uh, He's the best. Yeah, I'm. I you know obviously Friday Thirteenth is my jam, but uh, I, I I give huge props to Nightmare on Elm Street and you know Freddy Krueger and all that. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. And he's such a class act. Like, he's just, you know, you think of Freddy Krueger, and yeah, that's what, you know, what he'll best known for, and then you think right, about right, that, right. too. Like, V. I mean, the man is a, a classically trained theater actor, has done all kinds of Shakespeare, different kind of stage productions. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he is absolutely the kindest person. You look at these long lines at these cons, and he talks to every single fan as if they're the only one in line, as if they have hours and hours to talk. He's nice. got energy to be like he's uh, the the phone the photo ops he'll have like the glove and he's threatening people in all these different ways and you know i've seen people show up who are just there for a paycheck and you can tell they have no interest in being there mm -hmm. and you know the pictures are boring they're doing the same pose they're rolling their eyes when somebody else shows up you don't get any of that with england like nice. he is such a class act that's he cool just who you want to happily <laughs> wait in line for two hours to meet because he'll make it worth your while every time. Good. I'm I'm glad to hear that. I if I ever get a chance to meet him, I will definitely do that. You should. <clears throat> that, that's amazing. That is amazing. Uh okay, shift focus a little bit. Um I told so, you I could ramble. <laughs> I I did not doubt you one one minute. I did not doubt it for one minute. Um so with Halloween coming up, uh, this is gonna, this episode's coming out uh, the Monday before Halloween. Do you um, watch any specific movies to prepare for Halloween, or are you just like horror movies, just any horror movies? 
yeah, just give me my shutter login and off I go. Um, okay. It, it, it's usually because like it, it come. It, what happens is, is I'm telling everybody else what to watch. Oh, okay. Um, everybody says, Hey, I need a scary horror movie. And it's like, okay. You know, like I used to work at blockbuster rest at soul and mm. I would be, wor- I'd be at home and they'd call me and say, we need recommendations for these people. And, All right, <laughs> um, oh, really? I'm wow. not kidding. It was funny. I mean, I, it got to a point where I left a list and it'd be like, if they like this, give them this. If they've seen this, give them that. If they ask for this, give them this other thing. Um, you know, for me, it, it's, I don't have anything that is like a traditional annual watch. Okay. Um, but I, I, I will usually see what's on. I like to see if like Turner classic movies is showing, uh, any of the old classics that maybe I've never seen before. I'll usually seek those out. Um, and I, I usually will just kind of scroll through to see what looks interesting. I will almost always default to a haunted house or some kind of ghost story. Cause those are my mm. favorites. Okay. Um, that's nice. So, but nothing, nothing in particular. It's usually just sort of like, Oh, I feel like watching this again. And you know, okay. I don't keep the horror movies just for October. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I, I had a feeling, uh, I had a feeling you didn't. Um, I try not to either. I try to watch horror movies, you know, all the time. I, I do like horror. Um, but I usually go all in on October. Uh, just, you know, just watch as much as I can, uh, when I can. And, uh, I do have a certain, uh, certain list of movies I do watch. I try to watch, if not by Halloween on Halloween. Okay. Um, and you probably have seen all these. I'm probably not going to blow your mind or anything, but, um, one of them I have to watch is trick or treat. Yes. Like I have to just watch that. Like that is, that was a contender for movie of the month. It was yes, I I know because my friend Heather put that up uh, for. Oh, she was up against <laughs> me for Candyman. She was my yeah. nemesis, and then she was my nemesis when it was that and uh, host, and then host one, and then and then actually the same day we did the Lambcast, I went on to her podcast, the Milfcast, and I I had to bring that up, and then she got all with me because <laughs> <laughs> she ended up losing. Uh, but no, but Trick or Treat, like, it is a fantastic movie. And what sucks is not a lot of people know about it. I think it's getting more love the more time goes on. Because I, I don't know if you noticed this. I've seen more and more things in, like, stores with Sam on it. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I've seen T-shirts and uh, there's, like, figures you could buy and decorations. Like, it's like more the time goes on, the more people seem to, like, find this movie and, like, love it. But, like, when it first came out, like, it barely was in theaters. I think it didn't even get to theaters. I think it was shelved. And then it just got, like, quietly dumped onto DVD. <clears throat> and then, like, this whole market of people just watched it. And, like, much like me, like, loved it. And uh, I think it's it's a shame because it's actually a wonderful movie. It really is. I mean, it's just – I love that it's, it's growing sort of in cult status. And yes. I think that's <clears> – <throat> It, that's the kind of film you really want. Like, there's something to a giant summer blockbuster film, but I think there's something a little bit more rewarding if your film is a word of mouth, yes, popular film yes, that yes, just yes. grows and grows every year. Mm-hmm. And um, just anyone out there who doesn't know, uh, by the way, you should go see it. Uh, yes. But it's an anthology movie, 
And okay, wait, before I move on, what are your thoughts on anthology movies? Because I come across people who either really love them or really hate them. I am going to make you aggravated. I'm going to split the difference on that. Okay. Um, <laughs> it depends on the movie. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Favorites is a random old thing called Nightmares. Oh, I've not heard of that. I think, oh, it's Ooh. so worth your time. I mean, it's terrible, but. Well, let me go um, look it up. Oh, it's, it's, it's a little anthology thing. I think it was meant to be released in theaters, but they ended up putting it on TV. And I just have really fond memories of watching it with my mother when it would show up on a random Saturday afternoon. Uh, the the pinnacle story is the Bishop of Battle. And this okay. stars Emilio mm. Estevez. I see he's and, in it. Oh, it's wonderful. He stars in this story about a kid who's in an arcade. And there's this one video game called the Bishop of Battle. And it's impossible. It, nobody has ever done it. Gotten to the final secret level. And I'll stop there because, of course, you know where this is going. But um, <laughs> it's just such a fun <clears throat> anthology film. Okay. Um, you know, it's got an urban legend attached to it. Wow. Uh, you know, the girl driving in the car and what's going on in the back seat, And I don't mm. know. I just I like them because I will enjoy a quality story. And I'm happy when a story is not dragged out beyond what needs to be told right um nothing frustrates me more than tv shows that are based on books and there's a single book yet oh. there's 14 seasons it's like really oh uh, yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah um the the thing i get like told all the time when i tell people i like anthology horror movies is well, doesn't it bother you that they don't develop the characters or the story? It's like, no, I want them to get to the point. Like, I want to get to, you know, like, okay, like, spend two minutes. I'm like, okay, here's this person. And, oh, okay, they're either a good guy or a bad guy. And, okay, here's the bad thing that's going to happen. And then, oh, now here's the plot, and then now we're in the next story. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I just enjoy something about that. I just enjoy it. Um so, uh, but Trick or Treat is an anthology movie. But what I think what's different about this one is like it, the framing of it takes place in the exact same night in the exact same town. And like all the characters kind of like interact with each other, like they kind of mm -hmm. cross paths. And so I think that's kind of what makes this more of a unique anthology movie. Um, instead right. of just like four or five random stories, they're all like. It takes place in the exact same night, in the exact same town, in the exact same place. And, oh, hey, the background of this one uh, story features a character who's going to be featured later on. And, um, you know, oh, the, the character from the first story is interacting with the character in the last story, stuff like that. And, you know, it's done very – I think it's unique the way they did it. And I, 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 I feel like it really should deserve more love. So everyone out there, if you haven't seen it, go check out Trick or Treat. Um, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, anywhere. I'm sure you can look it up. You can rent it. It's worth the four bucks to rent on Amazon if it's on Amazon. Um, definitely go check it out. So uh, yeah, so, it's it's cool because you you typically get that frame story that yeah. is sort of just like some random thing, <clears throat> and who's telling a story or mm -hmm. oh somebody looks in a book or whatever it is. But this one, mm -hmm. the frame story is built in. Yes. As its own story, in yes, addition yes, to the yes. anthology. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, the other movie I try to watch, and I think I've 
bought this did i bring this up on the on the lamb cast i can't remember um it's the wnuf halloween special oh my god i finally watched it the as soon as did you, you said it i yes. went to watch it okay oh it was so good it's fucking awesome isn't it <laughs> ridiculous i loved it yes i love this movie so it's 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 in the guise of kind of a found footage movie but it takes place has a newscast that takes place over like an hour and a half on a tv station and the whole thing is about this reporter is going to this like supposedly haunted house and he's gonna go in there with like an investigator and a priest and all this shit and they're gonna like be live on TV because they're playing up the whole like I think they're basing it on the Geraldo thing that happened in the eighties. Oh, I I got that vibe. I kind of got that vibe. Did you get that vibe? <laughs> you know what? I, I I they were pinning the the uh, the Warrens. Yeah, oh, totally, oh, totally, yes. they were skewering the two of them, and it was just like, oh, God, they're really going hard at these two. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting. I saw it almost more as a, um, you know, going after the the paranormal shows that are on TV. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, we have this special haunting, and we're getting these investigators, and we're going to have a live seance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it was just yeah. a crazy, crazy movie. And I don't know, did you like the, the commercials that was in between? Like Absolutely everything? the best part. Yeah, because like the, the people who made this movie, they made it legitimately look like a news broadcast. And so, like, it starts with, like, commercials, then it goes into, like, the cheesy opening logo for the news program, and then you got, like, two anchors delivering the news, and they're talking about, like, stuff going on in the town, and then it's like, oh, now we're going to Frank Stewart, who's going to do his Halloween special after our news report, and he's outside, and he's, like, talking to people on the street who are kind of dumbasses, <laughs> and <laughs> it is wonderful. It's so much fun. Just the commercials themselves. Yes. Like, if you've ever seen that episode of Rick and Morty, where he's, mm. like, flipping through um, the, the Space Age yeah, table. Yeah, I you heard seen about this? that. I heard about it. I can't think of what the heck it's called, of course. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, like, take, like, Kentucky Fried Movie. And yeah. then take this Rick and Morty episode <laughs> where the creators, my friend Michael is screaming at me right now, the names of these gentlemen who I don't know, of course. Um He's flipping through, and the story that I I heard about it was that for Rick and Morty, the guys are just kind of sitting in a room and talking about some stupid thing, like, what if this was a TV show? And they just tried to top each other, one after the other, with the most ridiculous (laughs) things. And it's hilarious. And it seems like that's what these guys did with this film, where they're like, what commercials do you remember from when you were a kid? Yes. Um, the drug commercials. Oh yes, awesome. yes, yes. This guy selling rugs. Yeah. <laughs> yes. One commercial. Runs, the dentist. The then, dentist cracks me up. Oh, and then it's fantastic because then it, it, the best part. There's just so many things. The guy is whoever is watching this on his VCR, of course. Oh yes. Is fast forwarding. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Boring stuff. So he gets to, like, the eighth time this rug commercial comes on. He fast-forwards Forced through it. Forced to it, like, yeah. I, it just There's so <clears throat> many small details mm-hmm. that just make it so enjoyable. Yes, yes. I fucking love the, the WNUF Halloween special. Spectacular. Um, right now, that's on Shudder, so you can go to Shudder and check that out. 
Uh, and I, I recommend doing that soon because I feel like it's going to come off of Shudder after Halloween. Yeah, I just got a, I just got a right. feeling. I just got a feeling. So just go check it out now uh, while you can. And then after that, I kind of just watch, like, whatever. Like, those are the two that I try to get to mm-hmm. um, the most. And typically I'll put in, like, um, Friday the 13th Part 6 because that's my favorite Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where you stand on that, but um, – uh, that one's my favorite. My favorite is Jason Takes Manhattan, the ones that used really? to scare the hell out of me. <laughs> okay. I, there's something about, oh, Kane Hodder looked at me when I asked him to sign it and went, really? This is the one? Yes, this is the one. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it is. It's just the one I like best. It's fun. Really? Um, oh, man. Jason, Jason X. I was talking with a colleague okay. literally today about these movies. Um, okay. Some, see, this is my comedy. <laughs> these okay. are the movies that are my comedy like i'm not gonna watch will ferrell but i'll watch kane hodder get out of the new york harbor and look at a billboard with a hockey mask on it and then turn and face the camera to break the fourth wall that's yeah. hilarious to me so okay be, prior to this podcast i did one called maniac with the machete where uh i covered all the friday the 13th movies with a friend who's never seen them wow oh that's cool and um we when we when we got to uh, Jason takes Manhattan, two I wanted. There's two things I want to note about that episode. One, it was the only episode where my co-host at that time, her name was Rachel, she got like so blisteringly drunk, and I don't know if it was in relation to the movie or not. She never really explained, but when she came on to do the episode, she was like, "I'm drunk, let's do this." And I was like, "Okay." And two, she came up with like the funniest title uh, for the pod, the episode that I could ever thought of in my life, and it was Jason takes in parentheses his time getting to Manhattan. So, so accurate, so very accurate. <laughs> because it's and like it's yeah, really like the last fifteen twenty. It minutes is. It's the now. I will admit when they get to Manhattan finally, that movie is fucking hilariously off the rails. Yes. That's when it actually begins. I wish the whole movie was like that. Because the first 45 minutes is them on a fucking ship going to Manhattan. And then they eventually jump off the ship and then they end up in Manhattan. And it's like, there's only like four characters. It's like this fucking teacher who's like fucking annoying as fuck. Um. His like I was like I don't know if it was his daughter or stepdaughter or whoever, um, and then like two other guys, and then that's like who survived the ship. So then they get into New York, and like the instant, the instant they get to New York, they get mugged. Like that shit is hilarious. Yeah, it's, <laughs> to just, me. it's so bad. It, it's just lazy, but something <laughs> about it is hilarious to me. I I again can't explain it to you. <laughs> I, I I fully admit that the Manhattan part is like the best part of the movie. Just you the know what everyone box when he like breaks it, he goes back and wrecks it. Yeah, <laughs> he fucking he fucking just punches that dude's head off. <laughs> like everyone, go watch that and just go fast forward to when they go to Manhattan. That's like the best part of the movie. I mean, it's like watching Titanic when it was on VHS. You start with the second tape. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Nobody cares about the love story. Just watch the destruction. The, you know? the like, ship sinking. The That's all everyone wants. Movie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I did want to ask you, since you are like a horror movie expert, um, have you seen a movie called Satan's Little Helper? 
No. Really? That's not an Adam Sandler movie, is it? No, 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 no. No. Okay. Sorry, I don't want to insult. No, it's no, no, no. I'm just saying it's it's not. I just want you to know it is not. Um, yeah, it's called Satan's Little Helper, and 2004 thing. 2004, yes. It's it it is it is an awesomely another an awesomely hilarious horror movie. It's kind of on the B level, I guess. Um, but it's about this serial killer who is like shows up in this small town on Halloween. And uh, he ends up stealing the mask of a famous video character called Satan's Little Helper. And so then we focus on this little kid who loves this video game, Satan's Little Helper. And he sees the guy dressed up as this character. And he's like, wow, I love your video game. Can I follow you all around Halloween? And the killer's like, okay. And so <laughs> then... The, the killer just goes killing people with this kid, and it is amazingly funny. Like, oh, I need to see this. Definitely. It's awesome. I don't know where you could find it right now. It's I think it's kind of hard to find. Well, it's I interesting remember... because this app that I use called Just Watch It. Oh yes, um, yes. Says it's on Shutter, but through Amazon because it's not on. Oh Shutter yeah, probably. yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably accurate. But how do I get it if I'm a <laughs> Shutter subscriber? But not um, through Amazon. Well, oh, so well. it's two dollars. I'll pay that. That's fine. Okay, yeah, that's that's I, that's well, that's fucking well worth it. That's well that's worth two dollars. That's a two dollar rental. Well, I'm yeah. on that. Oh, it's only five bucks to buy. Maybe I'll buy it. Oh, that might that might even be worth it too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, w- once you, Lisa, when you watch it, I want you to get back to me and tell me what you thought because I so will. Because uh, I fucking love this movie, and it I, I was just amazed the first time I watched it, and I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I've got nothing against, like, a bad movie. You know, we chatted on the Movie of the Month podcast about Mystery Science Theater. And yes, yes, I, yes. I think we freaked everybody out with how excited the two of us I know, were right? We did. We totally did. <laughs> Hello, Misties. Um, yes. One of my favorite, favorite horror movies is this terrible thing called Brain Scan. Oh, I've heard of that. I don't think I've oh, seen it, but I've heard of it. so wonderful. In fact, I went <clears throat> I went way back. I was sitting here digging, and I found an old blog post. So a friend of mine who's in like <clears throat> movie editing on the West Coast, way uh-huh. back when, when he was here, decided Ooh. he wanted to start a movie blog, uh, a movie blog, and one of our themed posts was 24 hours of horror movies so we were to to the minute plot out a thousand four hundred and forty minutes of horror movie for 24 hours wow Um, yeah so i could do i have it to the minute plus snacks i made sure to include which snacks you would have with which movie but i was just kind of scanning through it and of course there's brain scan um it's this silly Weird. I, I mean, I don't even know how to what inspired this thing, but uh, Edward Furlong is in it, so it's 1994. It's post Terminator 2. Yes, I, I see. And that, yes, he plays this, you know, teenager who's got kind of like this loft, and he has the most wonderful computer system. He has a personal assistant built into the computer system called Igor. Mm. And every time the phone rings, Igor will say, Master, the phone is ringing. <laughs> and I 
wanted this thing. Yes, that so sounds bad. cool. I that sounds so cool. Found, I found, this is how much of a dork I am. I found the sound clip and I made it my ringtone. So that uh. every time my phone would ring, it would be Igor the master, the phone is ringing. It's like, people thought I was a lunatic. But he plays this, this kid and he's a gamer. And he sees an ad for a game uh, that is the scariest game of all time because that's what these movies are about. It's always <laughs> something of all time. Right. And it's this uh, – you play – it's a first-person killing game. You're a murderer. Okay. And then, of course, in his neighborhood, people start turning up dead. Oh. So it's one of these things, but there's a character called the trickster – who's kind of like Freddy Krueger meets D Snyder. Um, <laughs> yes. And it's exactly what you think. Um, not strange land D Snyder, like twisted sister D Snyder. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. It's just so odd, but there's something about that. The acting is atrocious. Mm. Um, Frank Langella is in it. So to give yes. you a wonderful name, he's just, there's something about this movie it's going to be dated as hell because for 1994, it was fascinating, but mm. the technology now is completely ridiculous, but it is absolutely one of those movies that I will push on people. And then they like want to unfriend me for it because they just don't understand what it is. I like about it. So well. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if you watch brain scan and I'll watch Satan's little helper and I well. feel like this is a, a future episode somewhere where we talk about the <laughs> yeah. Gladly. Okay, you know what? Just, 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 just to put my money where my mouth is, I'm gonna go ahead and click the rent right now from Amazon. Oh, look at that! Were you gonna watch it tonight? Wow! I got 48 hours to watch this, so right. if I don't watch it tonight, I'll watch it tomorrow. Okay. So I, I, I there it is. I spent my three bucks. It is now in my Amazon queue. So I will, I will come back and watch this. Oh, I cannot wait to hear what you think. I will, I will. probably take until the weekend to see Satan's Little Helper. Just That's to, fine. That's fine. Yeah, no, I I understand. I understand completely. All right, one last question, and then we're going to move on. Yeah. Uh, what is your take on Halloween 3? How do you feel about Halloween 3? I can't finish it. Really? I've never finished this movie. So, you remember I told you about Everybody's Got Their Thing. Okay. I don't do well with things that uh, fewer than two legs and more than four. So when, when the commercial comes on and the masks do their thing, uh-huh. I know there's not much left to this movie, but it goes on and on for so long. I can't watch it. I just can't get through the end of this movie because mm. that is so horrifying to me. Really? I can't. I just can't do it. Like, I think my friend Michael dragged me to see Slither. And wow. I sat through that movie. I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I couldn't. He turned and looked at me and went, wow, you weren't kidding. I was like, no, this is this is this is my Achilles heel. I can't do it. So huh. I can get through some of it when it goes on for as long as that scene does. I just I get to a point where I'm like, nope, got to turn it off. I can't fast forward enough. Like it's just, like, I really have <laughs> never finished the movie. Really? Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, it's uh, a cool movie. I like the idea of it. I think it's okay. freaky as hell. But when you get to the point where these things are crawling out of a child's head, I just can't do it. 
Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so that means you don't mind the fact that it's called Halloween 3, but Michael Myers isn't in it. Like, none of that bothers you? I mean, I see the argument. I see I, I see the WTF of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is the point? And, I mean, you you read these things where people say, oh, it's about the evil behind the mask. And it's like, well, Michael Myers isn't about the evil behind the mask. It's about the child who's got this evil behind his eyes. Yes. Yes. I mean, I have many complaints, but it's one of my biggest complaints about Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, How he, oh, I have many, many opinions about this man and his (laughs) version of Halloween and Halloween 2. Okay. (laughs) We don't have enough time for me to talk about it. Wow. I don't Uh... like that he took one of the iconic killers in slasher films. You have this six-year-old boy who stabs his older sister brutally. And then you have Dr. Loomis who talks about how he treated this boy who just has darkness in his eyes. And there's just nothing but evil there. And it's never explained. And that's the point. When Rob Zombie makes little Michael Myers a victim of bullying, give me a break. Mm. Let's take the biggest cliche in the history of childhood, in the history of the world, and say, oh, Michael Myers is mean because he was picked on as a kid. No, absolutely not. Um, Not to mention, yes, Rob, we know your wife is hot. We don't need to make Michael Myers' mother a stripper. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that (laughs) is the thing that bugs me about his movies is that he's got to put his wife in every single one of them. Just to show how she is. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know, at, at this point, I don't know who else could have played her part in House of a Thousand Corpses, but I imagine, uh, I imagine anyone probably could have, <laughs> so I don't know, but, um, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember where we, I see I pulled us way off topic, and now I don't remember what the original comment was. It was about, <laughs> hey, that's the whole point of the show, that's what the show does to you. Um, no, I was just talking because people get mad about Halloween three, um, um, because um, because of the whole. Well, why is it called Halloween three? If Michael Myers isn't, isn't in it, if they wanted to make that movie, why didn't they just call it something else? Why did they just call it Season of the Witch? And you know, I I was in that camp for a long time. Like I was like that. I was like, yeah, that's dumb. Why is it? But the more I watch Halloween three, the more I kind of get into it. And the more I like it, and then I'm, I'm, I, it doesn't bother me anymore that it's called Halloween Three and Michael Myers isn't in it. Um, I do agree that maybe they could have just called it something else. Like they could have just called it like, I don't know. I'm not super imaginative when it comes to titles, but like Halloween Tales or you know, spooky Halloween stories or something. Um, if you know the whole, because you probably know this, but like John Carpenter wanted to you know, not do Michael Meyer movies anymore mm-hmm. and want to do, you know, different movies that take place on Halloween and that, that are scary and blah, blah, blah. And for some reason he wanted to keep the Halloween name, uh, but not thinking like, well, that's going to ruin the franchise and you know, all that stuff. Right. Um, but you know, like I see his point and then I see other people's point as well. And so I don't know what like the fix to that would be outside of just renaming it. Um, yeah, but... I, I don't think there really could be a fix to it because I, I think it comes down to, 
you know, Carpenter's vision of what he wanted to do with the the franchise itself. Mm-hmm. But then it also comes down to, you know, your general movie going public struggles when they have to shift midstream. Like we mm-hmm. get this idea in our head about here's what this movie I'm about to watch is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then when it's not, it's hard to shift that midstream. Um, okay. And I, I blame I blame trailers for that. I blame, um, you know, they, they you read articles on Fight Club and Fight Club tanked at the boss, box office. And a lot of people blamed it on uh, it's like uh, <clears throat> Fincher himself blamed it on the advertising. Uh, like it just yeah. it put it out the wrong way, and I think the same thing happened with uh, Shyamalan's The Village. People, oh yeah, yeah, went into that thinking it was some scary horror movie, and it's just not. Yeah, um, no, totally. I did too. I thought that was a horror movie too. Then I watched it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? City council meetings and the 1700s. Who the hell wants to watch that? <laughs> I mean, I love that movie, but I, I, I was able to adjust on that one, but I wasn't able to adjust, for example, on It Comes at Night. Like, I've not I seen still... that. I've not seen It Comes at Night. Oh, A24 is wonderful. If you haven't, you got to go to your A24 horror movies because these people know what they are doing. Mm. Um, but that one, it's actually one of the films where I stopped watching trailers. Like, I've, I've become a real hipster on this, Jason. I have stopped watching movie <laughs> trailers at all. I all will right. sit in the movie theater with my eyes shut, and I will not look. Because I'm a visual person, so if I hear it, it's not as big a deal. But if I see it, I'll remember it. Okay. But I all remember right. that It Comes at Night trailers, and I went into it thinking it was more supernatural than what it actually is. So I don't want to get too much into what it is because I don't like to spoil things for people. But okay, um, it's not ghosts and supernatural stuff. And I thought it mm. was. And then when I watched it, it's just kind of like, oh, all right. Well, okay. And so it didn't hit for me the way something like Hereditary hit or the way Midsummer hit or the way The Witch hit. Mm. Like some of these films that are just boffo amazing uh horror films and you know we're in this wonderful era of quality horror again and so i'm just so excited about it but um i would send you to it's it comes at night because i think it's really really cool really all right i might I check t- it yeah. out i might check I think, it out i think you would appreciate it the, there's just a craft behind it um okay all right but i don't know i think with halloween three i think it's just a sort of a, a an adjustment it's kind of like, okay, yes, we all know by now that it's not Michael Myers, but can you appreciate it for what it is? Right. And it's certainly a movie that makes me very uncomfortable because I can't yeah, finish it. Obviously, yes. I can't wow. finish it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm by no means do I like snakes or spiders or shit, but I can watch that scene and just be like, ew, that's gross, but then just move on with my life. Like, I, I know, I, I, I'm not, I don't react that violently towards it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> that's I mean, amazing I, to me. I've seen arachnophobia i've seen anaconda and i can't get through anaconda when there's a real snake on the screen that the stupid cgi thing bothers me not at all um okay Okay. and if there's a little bit fine but for i i feel like and i can't accurately tell you how long this sequence is but whatever it goes on for a couple of minutes and i was just like i i can't i can't keep watching it it needs to stop and then i just turn the movie off and walk away (laughs) <laughs> it's the only okay. one I haven't finished. I just right. can't do it. <laughs> okay. 
I got an idea for a podcast for you. It should be called Can Lisa Finish It? And just watch all kinds of horror movies and see if you can finish watching them. I mean, for the most part, I can. But see, then it would just be a torment for me because now if we're doing it, it's going to be movies that I really are going to be very upsetting to me for a number of reasons. <laughs> I would rather not go through something like that because I'm pretty good with I mean, I got through The Human Centipede. I got through these other things. Um which was about as anticlimactic as a movie gets, by the way. The Human Centipede? Oh, it's just, oh, God, it got so built up. And then I finally watched it and I went, that's it? Okay. I'm going like, to say something very controversial here. Everyone ready? Everyone brace yourselves? The second Human Centipede is better. I won't watch it. It's, it is far better. It's not, um, uh, I don't know how to word it without completely giving it away. As though. Is it what? It's sexualized, isn't it? Uh, no. I don't. Th- I wouldn't say so. It's not like the real <sighs> torture porn. Like people call Saw torture porn. Saw is not torture. Porn. E- well, yeah. The human centipede is torture porn. Stuff like um, hostile. Like people being brutalized for the sake of being gross on screen and being brutalized on screen. That's where I'm going to draw a line. All right, since you have no interest in seeing The Human Centipede 2, can I just tell you what happens in it? I won't say everything, just why I think it's better. Okay, so... the (laughs) This sounds so stupid when I say it out loud. It's about this guy who's seen The Human Centipede and he wants to recreate it. Is this the prison one or is three the prison one? Three is the prison one. I haven't seen three. I'm not going to see either of them, so but I like I'm aware. I, I so haven't that's... seen three, but that's what part two is about. It's about this guy who's watching the Human Centipede movie, and he's like, "That's a good idea," and he goes sets out to do it himself, and he gets one of the actresses who was in the Human Centipede to like come to his house somehow. I don't, I don't remember how, but he does it, and then he puts her into the Human Centipede. <laughs> And it's such a stupid idea, but it like works somehow, and it's just like amazing. It's I don't know how to explain it. Like like anyone out there who wants to watch it, check it out. But I don't blame you if you don't want to watch it. <laughs> I mean, you watch what you watch, you don't watch what you don't watch, and no big deal. But I that's why I like it. I like that they went to this really silly route with it. And that it got very meta, and yeah. then it just, yeah, it, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. So <clears throat> I definitely appreciate a, a level of meta in films. I, I think that that's very clever, and I do enjoy that kind of thing. I'm sure Beavis and Butthead would be very proud. Indeed. <laughs> this is a cartoon. Do not just try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, shit. Lisa. Yes. Y- you know what time it is? What time is it, Jason? It's time for the mixtape! Yes, love it. Alright, this is our weekly segment. Uh, it's called The Mixtape, where we just add songs to a ever-growing mixtape that I got going on Spotify. And uh, Lisa, you are our guest today, so please, what song did you present for The Mixtape? 
So for the mixtape, I would like to add Oleander's Are You There? I thought very carefully about this, and I thought, all right, going through the mixtape so far, there's a lot of really cool stuff from, like, late 90s alternatives. So this was Mm -hmm. basically, I mean, looking at it, there's just song after song after song of what I was obsessed with when I was um, that age in the late 90s. Um, But I've always thought it was interesting that this particular song by Oleander was on the radio very briefly. And then it just disappeared. And I never understood why. Because I just think it's this fantastic song. It's got a great intro. It's got some nice rock edge to it. Um, And it's just, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it. Um, It just seems like a a lost classic, let's say. Um, Mm. You know, Oleander was kind of around... At that point, um, most people know why I'm here. Um, that seemed to be the one that hit better. Um, but it was always, are you there for me? Okay. I, I don't right. have any better way to describe it than that. Um, <laughs> I think okay. they're on the same album. I don't know. It's just one of those things mm. where it's like, here's the song I like. I, I safely downloaded it from LimeWire somehow. And... Uh, <laughs> Now on. was it now was it labeled like the cranberries? Are you there or something like that? Oh, I, I wouldn't have been downloading the cranberries, but they're very wonderful. <laughs> Dolores O'Riordan, O'Riordan, rest the woman's soul was a yes. brilliant voice, but yes, she was yes, not yes, my yes. style. Okay. I like the All beginning right. of Zombie, and that's it. <laughs> oh, I fucking Zombie's my jam, man. I love yeah. Zombie. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So the first half of this mixtape is all 90s orientated because when we started this show i just did uh i just did a thing called uh awesome 90s song where everyone had to come up with a 90s song Mm -hmm. um but then um mary was like yeah i'm not a huge fan of 90s music and so so then i kind of changed it just for her and i was like well you know what that's fine because then it doesn't box it in and people can kind of just go wherever they want to go and I was like, yeah, let's make, let's open it up a little bit. So, <clears throat> but '90s is always welcome here. So, wonderful, absolutely awesome pick. Yeah, it's like just, it's just, just on the edge of uh, of the '90s. It could very yeah. well be. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to find it on Wikipedia. Oh, 1999. So I just there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right, awesome nope, pick. I lied. 2000. I missed, but that's okay. Huh. Well, yeah, that's about. The, it's it's really technically the same. It's close enough. <laughs> I mean, like, 1980 was technically the 70s, so, you know, it's, it's Yeah, fine. and I mean, 1980, <laughs> you know, 1990 was only, what, 10 years ago? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally yeah, I 100% agree with that statement. Uh, okay, my pick. Um, so, I, it's just funny, you kind of went on a rant about Rob Zombie, and I'm picking a Rob Zombie song. <laughs> no, his music is wonderful. He needs to stick to the music his directing <laughs> is not as good in my opinion mm, okay um i went i now i wanted i didn't i was so torn about what song to go with uh because of hashtag spooky season mm-hmm. um i was torn between living dead girl and uh never gonna stop uh they're off of different albums mm-hmm. um so i listened i, I listened to both like back to back like several times 
And I think I'm I'm going with Never Gonna Stop. I think I like that a little more. All right. As much as I as much as I love Living Dead Girl, I love Living Dead Girl. That is an awesome song. It is a very good song. Um, but I'm my pick's gonna be Never Gonna Stop. Um, and yeah, this is just from his 2001 album, I think. Um, and it it this song actually this song has been in my head since I was trying to pick between these two. That was why I went with this because it was in my head more. Like I just kept going around going, never gonna stop me, never gonna stop. <laughs> I just kept like all all day today. I'm like doing stuff. I'm walking to the store. I'm doing dishes, and I'm just like never gonna stop me, never gonna. Oh stop. yeah. And it's like okay, well, I gotta go. With, right I, I gotta go with that then, obviously, because that's in my head. So yeah, so my pick is gonna be Rob Zombie's Never Gonna Stop, and here they are.
use my body to keep you alive. Right, guys so we need to record our top three reasons why you should listen to french toast sunday podcast number three should definitely be our diverse opinions number two should probably be our top three lists that we do every week no it's gotta it's gotta be mark Wahlberg. what about gwyneth paltrow's head it's gotta be fighting the sadness in the swamp of sadness full frontal stories about being lost at sea brendan fraser being underground helen Mirren's boobs baltimore accents as heard in the wire Underclaus. crepes character studies wait 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 guys what about movies no. Tree rape. Hmm. Tree rape? Yeah, I like tree rape. Tune in every Friday for a new episode of French Toast Sunday podcast brought to you by us at FrenchToastSunday.com. Clothing made out of Burger King wrappers. <laughs>
All right, we are back, and it is now time for our movie of the month. And um, I want to do a horror movie because of, you know, obviously October, and we're doing this, you know, the Monday before Halloween. Uh, so we sort of uh, got rid of the rules that we normally get for the movie of the month, and I just uh, uh, picked uh, this. And it was between this, Reanimator, and The Changeling. Those were the three that um, I felt like Mary would have probably have been more interested in of, of all the horror movies that I've seen. I mean, it's um, interesting pairing. Like, you, you take Sleepaway Camp, you take Reanimator, and then there's The Changeling, which is totally Yeah, I, I wanted to go... I know, I same. wanted to go... I was trying to get different options. I wanted to go different ways. Because, like, like The Changeling, you know, I felt like Mary... Because, you, know, you, you know, you haven't been Mary yet, but she's very, like... She's a cool person, but she's very refined in her tastes. Um, like she'll watch shitty movies like us. Like she loves. She's also a, a Misty, oh, and I love she'll it. she she loves bad movies as well. But she also loves very good movies, like high quality, fancy merchant ivory style movies as well. Ooh, interesting. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay, let me do like a widespread. Like you know, Sleepaway Camp was like the cheesy slasher. Reanimator was like the gory, crazy ass movie, and then the Changeling was like the refined horror movie. You know what I mean? Okay. So I wanted to have like different options, and um, our randomizer picked Sleepaway Camp, um, which I'm happy for because this is probably one of my favorite slashers, and we're gonna get into it. Um, but I am a little sad that Mary couldn't be with us today, uh, to to for her to say herself what her favorite things were. But yeah, we talked about it. Mary. We, we did talk about it last night a little bit, and I, I do got some thoughts from her, and I'll, 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 I'll get to them when we get to it. I'm looking um, forward to it. But uh, so let me do a brief synopsis, and then we'll dive into it. Uh, so Sleepaway Camp uh, tells the story of two cousins, Ricky and Angela. They go to a uh, a summer camp. Uh, what the fuck's it called? Camp and Arawak. Yeah. Arawak. Camp yeah, Arawak. A R A W A K. They go to Camp Arawak. And uh, this is Angela's first time going to the camp. Ricky's been there, I guess, for years. And um, and so they, they and apparently this camp is run by like ninety eight percent assholes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so, like, every person has, like, something against Angela for some reason. Like, everybody. Like, it's crazy how many people, like, just don't like her off the bat. Like, it's very strange. It's just Um, this angry, visceral hate toward her. Yeah. And so then, slowly, one by one, people keep getting, like, picked off, like, killed in very unique ways. Um, And then that's basically it until we get to the spoiler part. Um, so, okay, uh, Lisa, how many times have you seen Sleepaway Camp? I think I've seen it three times. So this most recent time was the third. Okay, awesome. I've seen this, like, four or five, maybe. Uh, one of them was with Joe Bob Briggs. He had it on his show on Shudder. Um, so that was really... I watched it with Joe Bob. That I gotta go seek out now. Oh, yeah, go definitely check that out on Shutter. You should definitely go watch that. I think he even has, uh, uh, Felissa Rose on there, too, with him. So, so you're gonna get a lot of extra insight. Oh, that's cool. Um, so, uh, okay. I wanna talk, first off the bat, I wanna talk about this, this opening. Um, 
which features uh, two kids, their dad. Uh, they're just like hanging out in like uh, <laughs> in like a lake somewhere. And then there's there's these two kids in a motorboat, and the girl in the boat is like, "I want to drive the boat." And Dad's <laughs> like, "The guy's like, no, I'm gonna get in trouble." And she's like, "Please." Yeah. And he goes, oh, "All right." And then the instant she takes the wheel, <laughs> shit goes Whole wrong. <laughs> like it wasn't even like built up to it. It was just like the instant she went into that seat, it was like they were veering off course. And then the they're and then they're towing this like other girl like behind on like a ski what was that like a water ski or something, oh. and she and she's like yelling, "Hey, there's people up ahead!" She's the only one who can see it, despite the fact that she's way behind this. Way <laughs> back, yeah. Got a clear view. <laughs> and so then they they so then they're like, "Huh?" They look and they like plow right into the dad. And and I guess like some of the kids, they don't really show it too clearly. Like you see the boat kind of run over the dad, but you don't see the kids get hit. (laughs) Yeah. You expect them to be scalped. And then the girl that was being towed will not shut the fuck up. She's like, "Oh my god, somebody get them! Ah, why, dear lord!" Like for five minutes. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, kid, we get it. Shut up. Well, it's a wonderful <laughs> moment where it's like, do you remember at the end of The Graduate when, <laughs> when Ben goes to get Elaine at the church? Oh, okay. He's there and he's banging on the window and he's screaming mm-hmm. for Elaine. And they show like her family in the church sitting there. And they're all just kind of gnashing their teeth and grumbling. But they keep cutting back and forth between different family members gnashing their teeth and grumbling and him pounding on the windows. And it goes on for just a little too long. Yeah. Okay, okay, we get it. They did that here. Yes. Girl in the water. Yes. Screaming. The father's friend standing there shocked. And then you yes. see her screaming. And then you got the friend standing there shocked. And you see yes. her screaming and the friend standing there shocked. It's just like. Okay, we get it. <laughs> go. Keep going. So, so we jump eight years later, and uh, one of the kids, Angela, is living with her aunt named Martha. And we have to talk about Martha because cause what the fuck? What the fuck? Where did they get this actress? I, I swear she's like a community theater actress. Because Okay, I'm going to do my best to imitate her acting style. Oh, yes. Oh, isn't it wonderful that I wrote this note for you? Oh, that simply will not do. It would not do at all. And, and like, the kids are, like, acting circles around her, and they're fucking kids. Like, the boy, the, the Ricky, was, like, fucking Robert De Niro compared to this lady. <laughs> Oscar caliber, he really is. <laughs> and like, you know, the kid's just being like a kid, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, mom." And she's like, "Oh, this is your first year, Angela. I hope you have a wonderful time." And like, this lady is fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean, do you think that? And it's it's something that I've always wondered about this movie. Like, this has got to be satire. Like, they have to be. <laughs> fun what these you've got a movie that's post halloween post friday the 13th Uh post evil dead 
And I feel like they just were like, let's, because I have other reasons for this too, but you like, let's make a movie and make it totally silly. I mean, I have to wonder if she was coached. Like, did she act well and somebody went, no, 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 that's way too good. You, you need to really suck at this. So really <laughs> make this as bad as possible. Just, no, <laughs> no, I'm afraid that wouldn't do. That won't that do, at do at all. That won't like, do oh at my all. God. Yeah, I don't I I think this was a personal choice by this actress, and the oh. filmmakers just went with it. I don't know why. I like, and she's the only one who's kind of this bad. Yeah. Like, there's other bad performances in this movie, but this is like a next tier level of like awful acting is from her. I mean, like, like, do you think they were just like watching the dailies? Like, do they take the laughing out in post? Somebody had to be roaring on that set listening to her act. <laughs> you yes. just imagine what it was like behind the camera like who you learn how to yes. laugh silently yes. i guess yes yes i uh, i don't know okay <laughs> um so i promise i'm not gonna do like a point by point thing i just kind of want to set up everything for you guys and sure. we had to talk about martha because jesus fucking christ okay <laughs> so okay so they go to camp they're going to camp arawak and then um, we meet some of the, the, the people that work at the camp. We got, um, first off Mel, we got Mel, who's the camp owner who I swear to God, his backstory was he was playing a game of poker and he won this camp in a hand of poker. And now he's the head of this thing and he doesn't really want to be here. <laughs> I've never, I, I, just, like, are we sure he didn't just wander in and get lost one day? Like. He he is now, you know, he is now the camp counselor until he can con somebody else to be like. What is yeah, this? I mean, he's like a he's like a like a greasy like mobster guy from like Las Vegas or something. He's got the cigars and like the the craggly face, and you know he, he talks like he talks like this a little bit, he's and always so angry, <laughs> and he's just pissed off all the time. Yeah. And he's the camp owner. He owns the camp. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of these fucking kids. And he's just, he acts like he'd rather be anywhere else. You got Absolutely. him. Um, you got the guy who I call the guy with the shorts. Because this guy's shorts was literally inside of him. The entire movie. <laughs> this is one of those things I'm thinking about. Where it's like. I wonder if this is a satire because the guys are more scantily clad. Yes, yes. I just feel like somebody was taking the this trope of what had happened, and I feel like just please God, because the crop tops and the, uh-huh. I mean, oh my yes. God, the booty shorts on these men or boys. I don't know. Like, what? And yeah, it is worth is worth noting that there are more half naked guys than there are women in this movie mm-hmm. and i uh, you know you could explain it like okay maybe they used actual minors for the you know the the roles but like you know most slasher movies don't give a shit and they'll cast like a 25 year old like bimbo to like take her top off in a shower scene but there's mm-hmm. none of that in this movie it's all these like hairy bodybuilding guys who got like the the crop tops exposing their hairy ass stomachs and this guy <laughs> with the shorts you know you like if it was like two inches shorter you'd be seeing his dick like I that's mean, how far this guy's shorts 
are. I wrote it down. Ron's shorts are shorter than Meg's. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, that is absolutely true. Yes. All the women are like wearing regular clothes, like regular shirts and regular shorts. They don't like even there's like one scene where Judy is like in a bikini and even that didn't even feel like it was, you know, sexualized. Like it well, just looked she's like a regular bitch. But, you know, what can yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah. Judy. Yeah. So we meet Judy, who Ricky used to hook up with, like I guess summers ago, and well, uh, now she developed boobs. Basically. Before she got boobs, and now she's all about trying to hook up with random guys at the camp. Because <laughs> that's what happens. See, that's a, that's a a rite of passage for we women folk. You get the boobs, you have to hook up with all of the guys. Yeah, well, I always thought that was true, but I don't know. Um, I never went to camp. I never went to a camp, so I can't say if that's true or not. Mine was a day uh, camp, so I never had the overnight experience either. It's probably mm, better off that way. Oh, okay. Because the instant you developed boobs, you would have had to have hooked up with random guys. So. I mean, I guess so, and then I'd probably be less of a geek now, and I wouldn't be here and friends with you. So, you know, it all worked out in the end. Good point. See? Glad that worked out. <laughs> Uh, okay, then we also meet Artie, who is the cook. Oh, now, immediately, like, immediately off the bat, they, like, showed how perverted this fucking guy is. Because he's standing there watching all the kids running by him. And he's something like, like, oh, looks like the chickens are out running. And I'm, I'm man, I can't wait to get to them or so- something like that. <laughs> and then the... the, the word- <laughs> the the guy. <laughs> yeah, what is Baldies. it? Baldies. Yes, yes, yes. Like, that's right. Yes. Ew. I oh my god. Yes. On my ew in the notebook here. He did. He said, "Look at the Baldies." That's right. Oh. You're right. Yes. And it's like, like you can't wait <sighs> for this guy to get his. Yeah. Exactly. And then I love how like the 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 assistant chef is like like oh I think they're too young for you Artie or something like that, and <laughs> and like the 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 assistant guy just doesn't care about what the hell he just said yeah. like it is so fucking weird. Okay, so like I said, uh, like we said earlier, Angela like everyone has it out for Angela, and like immediately it happens when like uh, like Judy and Meg. Uh, like come up to meet her, you know, and she doesn't, and and Angela doesn't say anything. Like they're like, "Hi, Angela," and then she just stares at them, and they're, and then immediately they go, "Well, what's wrong with you? Are you stupid or something?" Like, <laughs> like a minute, right. yeah, like a minute later. So okay, so needless to say, Angela doesn't really fit in with this camp. He can't, she can't seem to, um, you know, get along with any, every, every, anyone. Everyone's making fun of her. Uh, she won't even eat to the point where she doesn't even want to eat. And so like people are like picking on her about that. And so the guy with the shorts is like, you know, he he's one of the nicest guys in this movie, despite the shorts <laughs> thing. Despite, he, so the shorter your shorts are, the nicer a person that's you are. That's it. Oh, this my God. It. We cracked we it. We cracked it. We did it. Yes, that is it. The shorter your shorts are, the nicer you are. We got it. Okay. We got you, Sleepaway Camp. We got you. Okay. So he's like, okay, we're going to take you to the kitchen. We're going to see if we can get you something else to eat. He takes uh, Angela to Artie, and he's like, hey, can you make her something to eat? And she's like, oh. He's like, oh, I'll give her something, all right. God. <laughs> and, so, and so he, like, corners her in, like, the pantry, and he starts taking off his pants. 
And then thankfully, thankfully, Ricky shows up yeah. and then is, is like, you know, then uh, stops him. And so they run out. And then we jumped to like the next scene of like the biggest fucking pot I've ever seen. <laughs> like I get they're Who's cooking for like, I get they're cooking for like hundreds of kids. I completely get it. But Jesus, this, this pot was comically large. Well, it was like tall. Like I don't tall, know. Yeah. That's what was weird. I think if the pot was like stout, you know, like wide, yeah. it would have yeah. been a little bit more normal. But because the pot, you could put a small child standing yeah. upright in this yeah, pot. Yeah, you really could have. So he's boiling this water on this pot, and the, uh, then we get a point of view. Which question for you? If you can understand what I'm asking here. Mm-hmm. Is this a Jallo? <laughs> you know what a Jallo is, right? A, what? A Jallo? Are you saying shallow? No, Jallo. Ja- okay, I'll, I'll stress the G. Jallo, G I A L L O. Do you know what that is? I don't, but I'm googling it. Now. Okay, okay. Well, I just tell you. So it's a style of movie that was very popular in the '70s, mainly Italy, and they were like these kind of horror movies. Yeah, they were basically horror oh, movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That, like, um, they all take place, like, in the point of view of the killer. You never see the killer. It was, like, a murder all, mystery. Like, really cheesy, right? Yeah. And there's always nudity. And it's always very bloody. Yes. So, yes. Okay. So, my my whole thing is this is a jalo because we the killer is always it's always from the point of view of the killer. And we always see their hands. Yes. <laughs> and so... Um, so this, this point of, so the killer comes, you know, shows up and while the Artie is standing on this chair to season the water because of the comically tall pot, um, the, the, the man needs a chair to get up to the top of this pot. The, the killer pulls the chair he's standing on, which causes the water to fall onto him, uh, basically like burning him to like the ninth degree. Mm hmm. And so that's his kill, I guess. I guess he well, wasn't really killed. He was just like burned. Well, not everybody was killed in this movie. He like, was the interesting only interesting about this movie. Like you've got this slasher film uh... where some people are just kind of hurt. I'm going through everything. I think he's the only one who was killed. I mean, not killed. I'm sorry. The only one like, who was not was killed. Just hurt. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, everyone but, else was you know killed. You're definitely right because the in... kids later, I was shocked. It was like, wait a minute, those are, whoa, really? We're going. Yeah, well, well, yeah, yeah, guys. yeah. We're gonna go through all the kills at least, if anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Artie because yeah, he was a pervert who wanted to fuck all the kids, and then he got burnt to death. So yay. Oh. <laughs> um, but then we get Mel, who's all like, oh, we don't want the kids to find out and the parents to find out because we'll be shut down. I mean, that's all he cared about. <laughs> That was literally. The in me is appalled. Like, oh my god, this guy is so like, ho- like the idea that we don't want anybody to know about it. There's this ambulance and we have this terrible accident. And oh my god, like the number of times he just wants to sweep everything under the rug. Yes, is so yes, yes. So okay, um, <clears throat> so then it just kind of continues on with people kind of picking on Angela, yeah. um. Uh, eventually this one guy named Paul, who's friends with Ricky, uh, starts befriending her. And for whatever reason, she likes him yeah. and starts kind of opening up to him and starts talking to him. 
And, you know, it's it's kind of a mystery as to why she liked this guy. Maybe he's because he was legitimately being nice to her. He's a nice guy. He was cute. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, but then our next, if I remember correctly, the next kill took place with all these, like, kids trying to trick women into skinny dipping with them. <laughs> and so... Boys are like, well, if we all go skinny dipping, that'll get the girls in with us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the girls were like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and so then the... Uh, one of them named Kenny kind of does trick uh, some girl to go on like a, on a, a, a canoe with him. And he ends up just like like tipping the canoe over. And that was like the big prank, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, well, tipping it over. And then she's, you know, angry at him. So she swims back to shore. And he entertains himself by singing a little song. Under oh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah, canoe. yeah. <laughs> like, what is he doing? Like he's just he's uh like dooby dooby doing or underneath. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> just like, dude, you get what you get if you're gonna be that stupid. So uh, the killer shows up. We just see the back of their head and uh, starts drowning Kenny. The next day, his body is found by this like a counselor who's pissed off about cleaning up debris that's in the swimming area <laughs> for some reason. All the kids threw the damn chairs and like, <laughs> beach furniture into the Yeah, water. into the water, yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so there, so Mel is like, oh, this is a shame he accidentally drowned or whatever. Uh, but like, everyone else is like, but he was a swimmer. He knew how to swim. You can't yeah, drown he if you're... fight that swim- killer at all either, by the way. Like, No, he didn't do shit, yeah. Just like, dunk underneath. That was it. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so kind of simultaneously here, Paul and Angela are getting a little closer. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of closer to being friends slash boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, he's, you know, consistently, you know, continually asking her, uh, she's kind of rebuffing him at times. Um, there's a scene where these, uh, older campers throw water b- balloons at Angela, from the roof, uh, as you do on the roof, yeah, because that's what douchebag boys do at summer camps. <laughs> Maybe it was a good roof. thing. It was a good thing you didn't go, Lisa, because you probably would have been pelted. <laughs> you know what? I I would have been targeted. I definitely would have been. I, <laughs> I would have too. I, I would have too. Yeah, For I sure. totally would have been. You know what? You know who I would have been? I would have been Mozart in this movie. No, not Mozart. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Mozart. Um so after uh after they threw the water balloons at her, one of the kids uh and I fuck if I know what his name was, uh he uh he comes he goes into his bunk and I I love this part. He says, I gotta go take a massive shit and then he goes into the bathroom, right? And he starts he starts going to the bathroom. The killer shows up and like puts a broom handle through the the stall door so it's locked and then for whatever reason i don't know how the killer knew this i guess the guy was allergic to bees and so he did the killer threw like a whole beehive into the stall (laughs) (laughs) and i i so badly want to make a no not the bees not the bees (laughs) 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 and 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 like what's what's funny 
is like these must have been like the fucking murder hornets because when he busts out of the stall dead, he's got these like giant welts on him. Yes, like and it's like I, him. I, I don't think bees do that. <laughs> not any I've encountered, but I'm not going to be going near any now. Yeah, let's let's not let's be on the safe side. Um, <clears throat> so then taking a huge dump anyway. And I love the fact that this was the last thing he said to his friends. <laughs> like they're gonna be at his funeral, and they're gonna be like, the last thing he said to me was, "I have to take a huge shit." Oh my oh, god! God, you guys are like telling his mother. Oh my yes, <laughs> he guy. said, "I have to take a huge shit." They put that on his uh, gravestone, <laughs> <laughs> like R.I.P. Billy. He had to take a huge he shit. Had to, you know, if it wasn't because I had meal last night, ugh, he would have still been with us. He could have been alive. Yep, yep. Damn it. <laughs> so it's at this point that Mel starts suspecting something's going on. Like yes. he, he he now is like like somebody's actually killing these people. <clears throat> um. So Judy, who we haven't really talked about much, she's like the main person that hates Angela. Like she cannot. St- and Angela for whatever reason. Right. It's it's like it's like a toss up between her and Meg, but I think Judy really doesn't like Angela. I I, um, yeah, I just you can't figure out why. Like she is just this bitch on wheels. She is She's a raging bitch. Yeah. And so she sees that Paul and Angela are getting close to each other, so she decides to ruin their relationship mm-hmm. and uh try to get like Paul to like make out with with her with Judy. And so while they're uh, playing uh, um, uh, Capture the Flag, uh, both Ricky and uh, Angela catch Judy kissing Paul. Mm-hmm. And so Angela, of course, freaks out and like, oh, like, oh, no. And she runs away. And so then like the whole rest of the movie after this is like Paul trying to apologize. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm so sorry. As she didn't mean to do it or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, like and so then, some crazy black widow who like duped him into it. Like, ugh. yeah, yeah. So then there's a scene where Judy and Meg like throw Angela into the water. Um, but okay, I want to talk about this scene because they're doing this right. Angela, uh, Judy and Meg like literally drag Angela into the water and like Angela's screaming her head off like no I don't want to go in the water Mel is like 50 feet away from this happening and he sees that Ricky's trying to go stop them from doing that and instead of doing something himself he just grabs onto Ricky and is like it's you I know it's you you're the killer He's like all obsessed that Ricky's the one killing them he sees one of his camp counselors Forcibly, like he, she picks her up, right? Yes. And she picks her up, throws her <clears> over <throat> her shoulder. She's dragging her down to the water. They're gonna toss her in, and the guy in charge of the place sees his counselor doing this thing to a camper. Not yes. only does he stop Ricky from going to help, he's like, "Oh, you're always saving her. Let it go." And but then he's accusing this kid, this what? What is he? Twelve, thirteen? Of yes. being this brutal mm. killer who's taking kid people out. Yep, 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 <laughs> yep, yep. Doesn't make any fucking sense, no. It's the worst red herring <clears throat> in the history of the world. <laughs> yes. It's terrible. Yes, fucking awful. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so eventually they, they stop, um, uh, you know, me- well, they, they save Angela from the water, 
and uh, and then we get this whole like thing. Because I think throughout the whole movie, they're trying to set up, like, who's the killer? Is it actually Ricky? Is mm. it, you know, some random kid? Is it Mel, even? Like, you know, they're trying to set this up, like, we don't know who the killer is. And so they get this scene where Ricky's like, we'll get them. We'll get them back really good. <laughs> so then we go into what I call the final night of this movie, where, like, mm-hmm. everything just fucking hits the fan. Oh, um, does it ever. Yeah, does it ever. Okay, now I'm going to say right now. We're going to dive fully into spoiler territory, okay? If you've never seen this movie, I'm going to suggest you stop right now because everything from this point on is, I think, the crux of this movie, the most important thing about this movie. And I would hate for this surprising thing that's going to happen uh, to be ruined for you. I even told Mary, like, do not look up anything about this movie because it will be spoiled for you. Definitely. So... If you have not seen it, stop right here, go watch it, and then come back to this point because we are going to talk about it. But you I just want to warn I want to warn everybody right now, we are now going into full-on spoiler territory. Because everything up to this point is like a standard slasher movie. Like it's just, you know, kids being assholes, people getting killed in unique ways. There's a point-of-view camera, and that's it. Like that's nothing really, you know, different about that. But from this point on, it just like takes a hard left turn. Yeah. So, you are now warned. We are now in spoiler territory. Okay. So. I mean, there's still some stuff I want to talk about back up in some of this thing here. But let, let's go full tilt here and we'll come back. Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm kind of plowing no, ahead here. No, you're good. I thought you wanted to keep doing with, like, an overview and stuff. And just there's some weird character stuff that I feel like. Yeah, we'll go We'll go back. We'll go, I'm, I'm just doing the main story for now. And go. I want to get to this. I want to get to this ending because Don't I want to talk about the ending. I want to talk about the ending. Okay. All right, here we go. So um, a few things are happening here. First off, uh, Paul goes up to Angela and keeps apologizing. And she says, um, you know, meet me at the beach like after the social. There's like a social going on. So she's like, meet me at the beach after the social. And so then he's like, all right. Uh, One of the campers, I don't remember his name. He has to take a bunch of little kids. That's Eddie. Um, I'm sorry? Eddie. I wrote all these. Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, okay. Uh, so Eddie, he's one of the campers, uh, or counselors, or rather. He, he has to take a bunch of little kids out camping in the woods for the night. Uh, and that's important for a reason I'll tell you about in a minute. Um, and then we got Judy hooking up with some random guy in her bunk. Okay. <laughs> let's let's go with Judy first because I want to so get your opinion. I, I want to get your opinion on Judy's death here because I'm sure this is painful. So, hang on, hang on. So, Judy is making out with this guy. Oh, wait, no, no, wait, I got to backtrack a minute because I got to talk about Mel. So, because for some reason, everybody in this camp is like a pedophile. (laughs) Is that like, that must have been like. Meg, like Mel is, Meg is into it. Yeah, yeah, but like, how old is Meg? Right? She's got to be like seventeen, which yeah, I guess does. can I guess can be legal, but still kind of creepy, right? I mean, it's I'm so okay. Weird. I'm gonna say this way right now. I'm forty years old. If I went up to a seventeen-year-old girl and said, "Hey, you want to go out?" I'm gonna be like castrated. You're- Am I right? Yeah. Right? 
correct? Okay, so this guy is older than me. He has to be. He has to be older than me. <laughs> and please, God, let him be older than me. <laughs> yes, no, because I'm the same age. I don't want to hear it either. Yes, he's definitely. I mean, I put him in late 60s or so. So he's. So, yeah, you're right. It was Meg who initiated it. She was like, hey, Mel, you want to, you know, can I hang out with you later or whatever? And it, but he says yes. Like he's yeah, well, like it's okay. About it. It's so strange. Yeah. Okay. So so he's got a date with Meg. Okay. Meg goes take a shot. Goes to take a shower, and uh, and her kill is very straightforward. It's just a knife to the back. But like it just it, like hits like the the killer stabs a knife through like a wall and then yeah. just pulls the knife down, basically cutting her entire back open. Yeah, it's pretty. So that's cool. how Meg gets killed. Um, then we go to Judy, who's in her bunk with this guy making out. Mel shows up looking for Meg, so the guy has to hide. And so then when Mel leaves, the guy gets out of the hiding spot and is like, you know what, I think I want to leave because I don't want to get caught. And Judy gets pissed off and makes the guy leave. Yeah. So then the killer shows up. <clears throat> and ladies, get ready. The killer grabs the red-hot oh, curling iron and... And it's not shown, but it's very much implied that the curling iron, while it's turned on and hot, is being shoved up her hoo-ha. Yes. How are, what, Lisa, what are your thoughts on this kill? I have to ask a woman. I have to ask a woman this because I'm very curious. I can imagine it's painful, uh, but, like, you know. <laughs> well, I haven't I've, tried it. I've um, seen I've seen so many movies where guys get their dicks cut off and ripped off and nuts shaved off or whatever. So, you know, yes, that really is painful for me to look at. So to see a a movie where a hot curling iron is being shoved up, you know, a very sensitive woman's body yes. part, I have to wonder <laughs> what's a woman's thoughts on that. Uh, what? Part of the problem here is that you're distracted when this is occurring because mm -hmm. they show on the wall, like the shadow of her hands reaching or whatever. And uh -huh. so she's, she's not killed by the curling iron to be technical. She's well, killed because yeah. she's suffocated. She puts well, the pillow yeah, over her yeah, while, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, the, she, she has a pillow over her head while she's being killed. So she's being kind of held down with one hand and the other hand is wielding the curling iron. Um, I, I mean, it's certainly a cringeworthy kind of situation. This isn't the sort of thing that somebody's going to be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I would, that's one of the more brutal kills. Yeah. And, I, mean, I it, yes. This, this, whoever came up with this probably you know, had kids and those kids went on to write for Final Destination. You know, like, <laughs> it's a creative way of I like that. I like that. Thank you. I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for the Final Destination films because those people come up with some really screwed yes, up shit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, okay, so that's Judy. Yes, she got she got killed. She got killed by being smothered, yes, but then she also had this a curling iron. Yes, so... Okay, so Definitely Mel penalty for too much sex, right? Like, there's your, there's your too much sex trope being. Well, here's the other thing. They didn't really show her having a lot of sex. You know what she I mean? Clearly wanted it though. Like she, we was, don't know if she even had it. 
<clears throat> I don't know about that. I mean, she was pissed off that that guy left. Yeah, yeah, that's And I true. think she was, like, waiting for somebody else to show up so that she could have sex with that person. You know, like, Possibly. I got the impression she was trying to work it. Possibly. I'm not looking to slut shame <laughs> anybody, but no, I no, got absolutely. the impression that this was definitely this slasher movie's version of we're going to punish the slutty girl who's trying to have sex with everybody, you know? Okay. Yeah, you know what? I think you're right. We'll go with that. All right. <laughs> um. So, so Mel finds Meg's body in the uh, in the other in the shower. Oh, this and is then, one of my favorite moments. And then freaks the fuck out. He's and <laughs> can I can I interrupt? I just I have to. First of all, I had a wonderful moment of oh look because behind him on the wall it said Lisa was here and I was like look I was here. Um, oh. <laughs> And I wrote it down. I wrote, hey, look, I was here. And, of course, I wrote W-U-Z. Um, yes. But when, <laughs> when Meg falls out of the shower, oh. leaps out of the shower, this yes. that you wonder how it's still in there. Because you, I do want to give them credit for this. When the killer drags the knife down the wall, which basically is down Meg's body, Mm-hmm. And then, so Meg is dead, and now I'm starting to wonder things, because, like, well, wait a minute, if you take the knife out, she's not going to still be standing, And but anyway, I love the moment where the killer reaches into the still-running shower to rinse off the knife, Yeah. and then turns the shower off. I just found that such oh, a yeah. little bit, <laughs> where I'm just going to rinse my knife off, and... Just I don't know. There was something about that that was very entertaining, and now I'm starting to wonder. And I literally just had this thought. Now I'm wondering if that was because is that the knife that they took off Mozart? I was wondering that myself. I think that's what they're trying to imply. Okay. Because I think again they're still trying to set up that Ricky might be the killer. Yeah. Because. I, mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the killer who actually is the killer, how would they know that the knife was there, right? Right, Unless, right. Unless, well, you know, I'll, I'll, hang on a second. I'll get to that. But, yeah, so I think they're trying to set up that Ricky. Yeah. So I think that's why they had that scene. We, we didn't talk about it because, you know, it's whatever. But uh, there, there was a scene where Mozart was going to kill, like, Ricky with this knife for, for pulling a prank on him. <laughs> I was like, oh, Mozart with this real knife. Um, oh, so now we got Mel who discovers Meg. Meg's body, yeah. He goes, oh, my God, not you, Meg. Like, his pronunciation. Yeah. Of this, I actually wrote it down. Like, here's the English teacher in me. Like, I can plot meter in a poem. I can oh. plot the iambic pentameter of any Shakespeare, oh. whatever it is. So I okay. actually wrote down, like, stressed, unstressed, stressed. Like, not you, Meg. Like, who, who says it that way? <laughs> I had to rewind it and watch it twice because the inflection in this man's voice was so strange. Yeah. It, it, it's like that cartoon. It, it, not a cartoon, but like, you know, you get those goofy, uh, I don't know, parodies of actors trying to do different takes and they just put the emphasis on different syllables as they're talking and it's uh, weird. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're moving the emphasis <laughs> around and it just sounds ridiculous. It sounds like that's what this guy was doing. Well, this guy Mel is like the second worst actor in this movie <laughs> next to the ant. 
but not as enjoyable as the ant. Not as enjoyable. He's just frustrating to watch. Oh god. Um anyway. But he he then freaks out and is like, you know, of course things Ricky is the one doing it. So he 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 tracks down Ricky, literally like snatches him, drags him to the woods, and then beats the shit out of him. Oh my god, it's so bad. Like fucking punches the shit out of this kid. I was waiting for the shot where it showed him pummeled, you know? Yeah. Like he just keeps beating him, and like the I can't, we can't. I don't know how we can describe the way he did it, but it was so comical the way he was beating this kid up, and and <laughs> then and then the up. real killer, and then the real killer, you know, makes makes themselves known, and then Mel's like, "Who's that? No, it can't be you!" Yeah, and then not. like an arrow, and then an arrow goes right through his throat. So it's like wonderful. That was my favorite kill. That was so slick. It was just like. Pew. Yeah, the arrow. Okay, so um, going to going back to Eddie. Um, again, he's camping with all these little kids, and two of the kids want to go back to the camp for whatever reason. And so, and okay, yeah, that's where it was. Yeah, <laughs> and so they, so he begrudgingly does so, and when he comes back, he finds all of the kids have been like murdered. Yeah, and I mean not like you know, you know red paint like on these kids like they're hacked up with a fucking hatchet like they're in pieces and eddie's like oh my god and he like runs back to the camp (laughs) and so then he gets the guy with the shorts and some other girl and they're like we gotta get the kids and get them out of here there's a killer running around and then we get the cop the cop the cop (laughs) and the he shows up at the beginning after i think when I can't remember if it's Artie or the kid who drowned. Well, he's there with Artie, but he's definitely there when... What's the guy's name? Danny? The the one in the canoe. He's definitely there. That was Kenny. No, that was Kenny. That was Kenny. Yeah. Um, Kenny was the canoe. Too many Um, have E sounds at the end of their name, and I'm having trouble keeping them straight. No, I I understand completely. I mean, yeah, I'm looking at the cast right now. There's Billy, there's Kenny, there's Jimmy. Like, what the fuck? There's a Lenny? You know the thing is, when Mel attacks Ricky... Uh-huh. He's like flipping out and he's talking about he yells about Penny and Billy and Meg. Who mm-hmm. the hell is Penny? Uh I think he's saying Kenny. I I I'm gonna go back because I wrote down Penny. I'm like, who the frig is Penny? Is this somebody whose kill I missed somehow? But you're right, it probably is Kenny now that you mention it. Cause yeah, because Kenny got killed in the canoe. Um I don't remember the guy's name who was taking the shit. Billy. That's um, Billy. That might be Billy. Okay. And then Meg. Um, ah, damn it. You know what? It probably is Penny. I thought I picked up on some weird, like, goof. Well, I mean, again, this guy is not, like, the best actor in the world. So, it's you know, true. he's he's saying his lines all weird. So, uh, it, it's probably easy to miss. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay. Now we're on the scene. We we are here. We are at the scene. Yes. So, let's set, let's set this up. Okay. So it goes to the counselors, like looking for all the kids. You know, like they got to get them out of here. There's well, a fucking killer the on the loose. Here, but first, let's gather all of the counselors in one place and leave the kids scattered around <laughs> the camp at night. And then, as soon as you get them all together, dude in the shorts named Ronnie is like, yes. "Okay, now let's all go back and keep an eye on these kids." And I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding?" Me? So, so yes. So they're like, "Okay." Um, uh, Judy, uh, Paul, 
Ricky and Angela are missing. So they got to go look for them because they don't know about Judy because he just the killer just dumped the body just under the, the bed. Yeah. yeah. So they missed Judy. So they're like, OK, Paul, Ricky and Angela, and they find Ricky who's beat up to shit. <laughs> and then they eventually come across Angela and Paul. Yes. Now, when they come across Angela and Paul, it's it's from behind, and you just see Angela's back and her hair, and she's like humming a song. Yes, and she's like stroking Paul's hair. It Paul's very- head. Yes. So then we get a flashback to <clears throat> after the accident at the beginning when the the dad and the one of the kids died, mm-hmm. and we see the second kid um, standing in front of Aunt Martha. And so Aunt Martha is like talking about like, oh, you know, you know, I've always wanted a I've always wanted a girl. girl. And, you know, my Ricky's dad couldn't provide me a girl. And now he's left. So so now I have a girl. And then you you turn and then the camera is like slowly turning. And then it's like like, you know, oh, you know, uh, uh. Peter, you're going to become Angela because mm-hmm. we already have a boy and, you know, having two boys just simply will not do. No. So, Peter, you're going to be Angela. And so the giant reveal is that Angela was actually a boy this entire time. And how they show this is Angela just immediately, like back in the present, jumps up and she's like butt naked. Yeah. And so... Frontal full frontal naked so you see a dick hanging off of angela and she's making this face that will like forever live into like people's like memories because it is the freakiest fucking thing on the face of the planet and you know how i know this is true last night when mary was watching this she immediately messaged me and said um yeah, so this movie had me laughing up until the last five minutes, and then that scene happened, and that freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, that, that is exactly what she unsettling. said. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> and so I was like, yes, that, that was why I did not want this spoiled for you. Um, because I I wanted her to go in as blindly as possible. Um, <clears throat> um about that ending because if she just found out that ending that everything's just going to be ruined yes the whole because i mean that's that's that big you know shocking climax but and i mean it's not even the fact i mean it is the fact that you know angela is is peter but that face like it that's what yes with you like the look is very is very creepy so okay mary is exactly what she says um that image of him naked full frontal with the fucking knife and that facial expression is probably one of the scariest shots that I can think of. And I completely agree with her. Mm. That is exact. It is exactly at the move that that scene did its job. It is very freaky. And you know, the first time you're watching this, you're not seeing that coming at all. Like, you know, cause you're, you're thinking like, okay, we're going to see who the killer is. And then you think, okay, it's possibly Angela because, you know, the course was setting it up that way. But then it's Angela, but there's a twist to it. Like, it's like, yeah, and she's a boy. She's really a boy yep. and who's forced to be a woman or a girl. <clears throat> and then it explains everything that happened in the movie from that. From Now it fills in all the holes. It fills in the whole why she wasn't comfortable around Paul, why every time Paul kissed her, she was kind of like, eh, why every time he tried to unbutton her shirt, you know, 
now we're in this Me Too movement, so now that's coming off kind of weird. But yeah, but I mean, definitely. Well, <laughs> but back then, why she won't shower with the rest of the girls in her shower? Party. Yeah, she won't shower. She won't get into. She won't swim. Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, it all fills in all of the blanks, <clears throat> and it may leave such an impact. And it is so weird that a movie that's kind of this goofy and bad at the same time has such a killer ending. For sure. And, I mean, you do yeah. a little bit of like reading on this kind of thing and you actually have, you know, a guy who poses for that moment, certainly. Yes. Um, yes. Where they made a mask. <clears throat> oh, of, yes. You know, Angela's face. And so we're actually looking at like this mask. But I mean, you got to credit the practical effects for this mask because it could have been really cheesy and silly. And you could have been like, oh, that's just a guy wearing a mask. But the facial expression that, you know, Felicia, is it Felissa or Felicia? I've never been sure about how to say her name. I think it's, it's Felissa. Okay. I think. I mean, I think. Her, she's got this beautiful face and she's got these uh-huh. gorgeous eyes. Yes. And just when she, because it's definitely her in the beginning and it's obviously her face they, they model the mask after. But mm-hmm. when she first jumps up and makes that scream, that weird hiss noise. Just yeah. the side eye, the wide open mouth. It's very creepy. I mean, you got to give very, credit. Very much so. Because to be able to turn your face that way um, when you're obviously a very beautiful girl, you know, like that's, it's remarkable. Yes. So, um, yeah, so that's that's how Sleepaway Camp ends. And it, it even ends on that shot, like yeah. that shot of her like making that face and then the credits roll. And um, and it doesn't immediately fade to black or anything. Like it starts. No, that it stays on that shot. Stays there. Yes. So uh, to anyone wondering, Mary did love this movie. She really loved it. Um, <clears throat> she uh, she was she was liking it. Has like a B movie in the front, and then the ending happened, and then she says she loved it even more. So that's a success, I think, Woo-hoo! because I was kind of worried because I was thinking, like, will she like this? And it's like, I mean, it's possible she will. But then I, 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 I didn't know what to expect from her. And I'm very happy that she ended up liking it. So mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome job. Um, Lisa, obviously, you like this movie, right? It's a fun movie. I mean, it's funny because I started uh, like I had some friends who said, hey, you know, we want some scary movies for Halloween. And these are horror fans. And I was like, this is a tall order. And I, after <laughs> I watched this, I said, all right, hang on. I said, have you guys seen Sleepaway Camp? And none of them have. And oh, so shit. Like, oh, yes. Here we go. I said, nice. You need, when you watch this movie, you need to zoom me in or you need to call <laughs> me on the phone. I want to hear the running commentary. <laughs> I want to I wanna hear that because, I mean, my God, there's so much in this. This is a great party movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, because totally. There's so much to laugh at and to have fun with and to just enjoy. Um, yes. You know, for a movie that's got such a, a an outstanding ending and just got so much going for it when you really come down to it, some of the stuff that's just terribly done is that much funnier. Yes. Like, we got to talk about this cop and this mustache. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my okay. God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll have to do this really quickly. Um so there's this cop that shows up periodically. The first half of the movie, it's a real mustache. He's yeah. got a real mustache. 
But then when he shows up at the ending, when all this shit's going down, it's like painted on or something. It like it's like strips of electrical tape. It's so <laughs> obviously fake. And they have the gall to do a close-up on his face. <laughs> it's just this is again why i feel like these guys are being satirical like they're making fun of this movie because how else let me go "Eh, let me look at the let me look at the imdb trivia see if it's mentioned in there um let's see here um so you know while i'm doing this uh lisa what's like what are your final thoughts on like sleepaway camp like how do you what's like you know overall like has a horror movie like just like, your final thoughts on it. i just i i think it's it's definitely you gotta see it um if you're a horror fan and you haven't seen it you definitely need to do yourself the favor and get on there i mean it's it's 80s camp but not camp as in like the location but just as in being campy but it's also like this this brilliant thing that blew people's socks off you have this image at the very end that will that's guaranteed to stay with you um and any movie that's going to have that kind of an impact is always going to be worth your time it's this brilliant cult classic and i just think that (laughs) for the fun of it like there's there aren't a lot of movies where i think pretty much if you see it you're gonna enjoy it you're gonna have a good time and i think that is the game with this film like, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have fun. And then you have the joy of showing it to somebody who's never seen it before. You know, it just, it brings all of these things together. Um, I don't know. I just, there's so much to it. You just, you can rip into some of the bad acting, but then some of the bad acting is really what makes it so much fun. Okay. I'm, I'm looking through the trivia. Yeah. You know who Jane Krakowski is? Yes, she was originally supposed to play Judy, right? Yes, I just read that. Okay, so but here they add on to this. It says she was originally cast as Judy, but she dropped the role once she learned of Judy's death. She found it too grisly. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't see anything about it she being been ma- a great Judy. Oh, totally. She would have had fun with that, like that side bitchy role. Like she could have had some fun with it. Um, but I don't see anything about it being like a satire or anything like that. So I don't know. I mean, it could be, and no one just mentioned it. Um, well, probably but, not. It's probably just me putting it on there. But, but uh, okay. Uh, let me do my final thoughts, and we gotta, yeah, we it. gotta go. We gotta go. Um, yeah, I fucking love this movie. This is like one of my favorite slasher movies, um, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, just between all the characters, the goofball acting, <clears throat> the scenes that make no goddamn sense, um, like everything about this, I just fucking love it. And then you got the ending, which is just like fucking t- like to this day still like is mind blowing, like how great of a shot that is. Yeah. And just the, the impact of it. And, uh. Yeah, I don't. It's uh, I don't know. How, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, well, it's just it. You sound. It sounds dismissive to say that a horror movie is fun, you know. But okay, I think yeah. there's really something to it with this. Like people who go, oh well, I don't want to watch a horror movie that's just fun. I want to watch something that's scary or whatever. I mean, that face is gonna haunt you. That that yes. last shot, um, whether you go into it knowing or not, like you finally see it, and it's just like ooh. 
You know, like it's it's one of those incredibly iconic frames in cinema. <clears throat> yes. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh that's our take on uh Sleepaway Camp. Uh sorry uh that Mary couldn't be here to express her thoughts herself, but uh, maybe I'll ask her about it in the next episode and she can kind of fill in maybe some blanks about it really quickly in the next episode. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks. That's, that's our, that's our take on it. And that's going to do it for the show. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for being here. Um, you are just awesome. Thank you so much. I had a lot of I, fun. I really appreciate it. I love talking. I love talking to you. Uh, you are welcome to come on anytime. Oh, awesome. and uh, hopefully, you know, you get to meet Mary someday. And uh, yeah, absolutely, you, you were a blast. I can't. Um, thank you. Tell the internet where they can find you. So you can find me on the Critical Critics um, movie review website. So we are the Critical Movie Critics, found at thecriticalcritics.com. I write reviews there as Lisa Pass. Um, a little less active because of school and uh, COVID and all that other stuff, but some of my older archived stuff is still there. Um, forgive me, I promise I don't hate everything, but when you review a lot of straight-to-DVD horror and YA, sometimes you end up with a couple of things that are not the best. Uh, but yes. uh, I promise it's not one of those things where I'm one of those critics who makes my life out just to be miserable. I promise there are things I enjoy. Um, oh. <laughs> okay. I, there are there are reviews that I like, so it's good. I promise they're out there. You might just have to dig for a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That being said, there are a lot of wonderful critical critics in our website. It is definitely not just me. So go check them out. Uh, follow them on Twitter at Critical Critics, and uh, yeah, that's that's my plug. All right. So yes, thank you again as always for being here. Wonderful time. Uh, let's wrap up the show. Sounds good to me. Whatever with Jay Soto is hosted by me, Jason Soto, and normally my co-host, Mary Mitchell. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at WhateverJSoto, on Instagram at WhatevsJason, or you can email the show at WhateverJasonSoto at gmail.com. Uh, you should join our awesome community at WhateverWithJSoto.com. Uh, we post memes, polls, goofy-ass pictures, weird statements, whatever whatever you can think of happens there. So go to whateverwithjsoto.com. Check that out. Um, there's also a YouTube channel. If you search for Whatever with Jason Soto, there are some neat videos for you to watch. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you find high-quality podcasts like this. The mixtape intro song was made by friend of the show, Lackey, uh, who you can find on his SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash actionbyhavoc. The beginning and ending song is Liam Lynch's United States of Whatever from the album Fake Songs. We don't exactly have permission to use this song, but motherfuckers, we have fair use on our side. So come on, bring it on. Bring on the lawsuits. I got a good lawyer. Um... This show is made possible thanks to our Patreon members. Patreon members, you guys are awesome. Uh, appreciate you. 
Mary appreciates you. I appreciate you. We all appreciate you. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, Chris R. from AfterCredits.com. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, the Vern from Cinema Recall. Thank you so much, uh, Vern. Uh, Bill Zaney. Thank you so much, uh, Bill. Um, Mary's not here to do this, so I'm going to try my best. Tam. Tom, thank you so much for your uh, patronage. Uh, Big Mike Mendez, what's up, Mike? Thank you so much. And, of course, the the mysterious benefactor known as Silent Partner. Thank you guys all very much for supporting us. Uh, we are still trying to reach our goal of $50. If we get the $50, um, Mary and I are going to have a Fast and Furious Marathon live on Twitch, and we will donate $50 to the uh, Best Friends Animal Shelter. So uh, please try to uh, help us get to our goal. Um, and, yeah. And if we get to $100, uh, we will watch every Silent Night, Deadly Night movie. So uh, those are two goals that we got. So please help us do that by go to patreon.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. And for five measly dollars, you get to listen to every episode a full week sort of in advance before they're actually released. I mean, you get to hear it before anyone else does. And I think that's a very highly great benefit for everybody. I mean, you get to hear stuff before anyone else. Uh, we get support for the show. It's a two-way street. I don't see a downside in that at all. Uh, thank you all very much for listening as always. That's going to do it. Uh, please mask up. Wash your goddamn hands. Vote. Important to vote. Mm -hmm. uh, please, for the love of God, vote. It's going to be next. Oh, my God. It's going to be next week. Holy shit. The week after this episode goes out, it'll be voting time. Holy shit. Go vote. Please. Please vote. Um, yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Whew. Uh, keep your head in the clouds and your feet in the mud. Adios. Because this is my United States or whatever. This is my United States or whatever.